More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Hank Haney Podcast, a production of iHeartRadio. Gonna tell it like it really is We know Haney doesn't give a sh Silencing critics, eliminate misses Two chips never accept on shoulders to get better Everybody knows the name, read about it We're golf teachers, hall of fame, never doubt it It's time for the truth, here's our dude You're listening to Haney You're listening to Haney you're listening to Haney. It's time for the truth. Here's our dude. You're listening to Haney. Listening to Haney. Welcome into the Hank Haney Podcast. It's Minnesota Tim with you, bringing you a presentation of the best clips from the previous week. All right, let's get started. On Monday's podcast, Hank detailed and analyzed Tiger's struggles on the greens at Riviera. Why does Tiger struggle at Riviera? What is it about those greens? Why has Tiger four-putted so much early on in 2020? Hank also details Adam Scott's win, his 14th career on the PGA Tour. You can go back to Monday's podcast and hear the entire episode. All right. Well, uh, what are we going to talk about now? Tiger. Uh, Tiger? (laughs) Boy, he didn't play good. Oh man! So my my friend texted me this morning. He said, uh, "He said does Nota he said does Nota Begay all he do is just apologize for Tiger?" I said, "Oh yeah, I make." He says all he do is make excuses for Tiger. I said, "Yeah, that's why we that's why we call him the great he's the the apologizer." I can't I can't even watch I can't watch it, Tim. I can't watch it. I, I like he, he must my friend must have been watching uh, Golf Central or whatever you call. It. I can't even watch that stuff. I, I just can't. I, 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 he never says anything. And he pretends to be, this is, this is notably apologizing. He, he pretends to be like the insider. You know what I'm saying? 
Oh, like yeah. he's he's the insider, and he's he, you know he, he knows what's going on with he doesn't know what's going on with Tiger. He's his buddy. Be, huh? Oh, give me a break, will you? I mean, he just he, what does he ever say? Just write down what write down what he says. Tell me what he says sometime. Yeah, you know, it's nothing. It's nothing that you couldn't say by reading an article by Bobby. <laughs> no, did you see Bobby's article? I haven't seen that. Fill me in. You know who Bobby is. Oh, Herrig. I love yeah, Bobby. Bobby Herrig. Yeah, yeah. You know how he got you know he got to he got to be Bobby. Here, here's the deal on that. See, when Tiger came back from the uh the fire hydrant, they needed to they needed to find somebody that would like, you know, be like, okay, we're gonna be, you know, we're gonna we're gonna give this guy information and he's gonna always treat us right. And, there, you know, there's not many guys that followed the tour out there, like, all the time that would were possibilities, you know. And, and the guy they picked was Bobby. It's Bobby Herrick. So that's when he became Bobby. He became Bobby when Steiny, you know, decided that we're going to tell Bobby everything first. If we ever got a news story to break, it's always going to be Bobby if we ever got a breaking news, if we, anything we want to get out, we're going to tell tell Bobby, and he's going to be Bobby. And that's when he became Bobby. He's Bobby Herrick. Now, I like Bobby. You know, I, he's a he's a good guy. And you know what? I, I can't really blame him. I mean, what, you know, let's say you were, you know, in that position, Tim. I mean, well, you'd want to be Bobby, wouldn't you? I mean, you. Of course. You, you wouldn't, yeah. you know. But there's no journalistic integrity at all. I mean, it's. No. A, but, but why should there be? I mean, it's golf. It's, you know, it's Tiger. I mean, I, I, I get it. But I, I'm just saying, uh, if it's, you know, when, when, when Bobby writes something, uh, you, you need a translator. Because it's going to be, uh, it's not really going to be like digging deep, okay? Let me just tell you that. And, and, and you got to kind of read between the lines. You got to read between the lines when Bobby says something. Because he's Bobby. And he's going to always say something that's, you know, kind of like, you know, doesn't go too far. Just, he doesn't want to get the call from Steiny. see? Because if you're Bobby and you get the call from Steiny, you got problems. You know? So that's, uh, that's the deal. Yeah, yeah. So here's what he writes. Okay, uh, I'm going to pick this out for you. Uh, well, first off, Tiger gives him some quotes. You know, Tiger said, "Tiger said, I, I, I did not do much well today," uh, which is you know a understatement. He shot. He finished with 76, 77, which is not good. Plus 11. Uh, I, I can't fathom Tiger ever shooting a score like that. I really can't fathom him not like hitting greens. Like he hit for the week, first day, 11, second day, eight, third day, eight, fourth day, six. That would be out of eight, 18. Now it played hard. I mean, other guys struggled too. Dustin Johnson couldn't hit a green on Sunday. You know, I don't think he hit more than five or six greens. But Dustin Johnson's not Tiger Woods either. And I can't remember him ever hitting the ball like that. So then everybody starts speculating, okay, you know, what's wrong with him? You know, maybe something's wrong with him. Maybe something, you know, Bobby says he's stiff. You know, maybe he's stiff. Usually they say he's rusty, but they stop saying that. Now they don't use that as much. But but uh, now they say, you know, maybe he's stiff. 
The cold weather. Yeah, cold weather. Stiff. Yeah, cold. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Cold weather, stiff. Which could be, you know, you could you got the back surgery, or you know, it's always going to be that way. That's what Tiger keeps telling him. Uh, but he said, I did not do much well today. Good news. I hit every ball forward. Now he's being funny. See, I hit every ball forward, not backwards, a couple sideways, but overall I'm done, which what, I don't know what that means. Done means he just finished and get me out of here, which, you know, people were saying on Saturday, it looks like he doesn't want to be there. Well, of course he doesn't want to be there. Uh, Tiger Woods is used to playing in the last group on Sunday. Why would he be interested in having you know, the the first or second or third tee time at a PGA Tour event on Sunday. I mean, the whole reason that you play is to have a chance to win at least, to feel the nerves, to, to feel the adrenaline, to have a chance to win, to feel the pressure. That's why, you know, somebody like Tiger plays the game. He doesn't play the game like, oh, great, I made the cut. I mean, if you barely make the cut, you know, you're, I mean, part of you is like, geez, I wish I wasn't even here. I mean, no matter what I shoot today, it's not, I can't, you know, once, if you can kind of get in the top 10 or you could backdoor a top 10, it's a bit of an accomplishment, but that's where it ends. Like for a top player or somebody who's been a top player, the place where it ends is top 10. Like, like there's no top players. Teen off on Sunday or former top player teen off on Sunday thinking, man, if I shoot lights out today, I can get a 25th place and top 25 or top 15 or top 20 or top 30. It, 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 they don't even think about that. Top 25, top 30, top 50, whatever, 40, whatever. That's a goal that a first or second or third year player that's trying to make it has. A top player never has a goal. A top player is chance to win, you know, win, chance to win, top five or top ten. That's 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 all they're that's all they're out there for. The rest of it is meaningless. Now they'd rather not miss the cut because it's just kind of a pride thing. But if you make the cut and you don't have a chance for top ten, there's nothing there's nothing motivating them. Zippo. I mean, it couldn't couldn't care less. They're not motivated by the fact that a bunch of people are coming to watch them today. You know, I mean, they're not motivated to finish top twenty-five or top thirty. They're not. They're not motivated. So, so Tiger didn't have anything to play for. People say he didn't look like he wanted to be there. Well, of course he didn't want to be there. You know, he was playing terrible. Did you see? Did you see he had a four punt? Oh, it was terrible. It was from like fifteen feet. But you know he three putted, he four putted from he four putted at San Diego at the Torrey Pines at the uh, Farmers Insurance from about twenty feet. Mm. Now, so he's played he's played two tournaments and had two four putts. I mean, I I I asked uh, I asked Tommy Armour the third. I said I said he said I said Tigers had two four putts and. In in two tournaments, like you know, he had a, a four putt and then another four putt. I said, how, "How many four putts? I mean, how many four putts have you had?" Tommy's played on the tour for twenty nine years, okay, and he said he had six four putts in his career. 
Uh, Tommy's not near as good a putter. He's had good putting tournaments when he won at uh, Phoenix and he won at uh, the Texas Valero Open and he lit it up at Texas. But but I mean, he's if you statistically go look at his putting stats, I mean, it's not like he's he's not he's not not a Tiger Woods with the putter. But he had six four putts in his career. It's going to happen. You get on a real long putt. Okay, the first one, uh, you know, I mean, maybe the first you got a long putt. The first one you run it by. Uh, now you got a downhiller. You run that by. You know what happens, and uh, you know. I mean, and, and and Tommy said the like probably three of his six three or six four putts. And three of those times, he said the third one was was a one hander. In other words, you you're, you got a you got the little bad attitude going. You're a little pissed off. Uh, you, you hit the first putt, you knock it by. The second putt, you miss. You walk up to the third one. You give it a one handed whack. And it lips out, and you got a four putt. I've I've never seen Tiger one hand putts. I mean, I've seen him one hand putts, but I haven't seen him miss a one handed putt. And and I and I've not seen Tiger like. I've really not. I I, I really have not seen Tiger not take his time. I mean, I, I can't say that I've 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 seen that. Um, so so he's not like pissed off for putting. You know, you know that's what I'm saying. I mean, this four putt at, at uh, San Diego was on the first hole, so I mean, he's not he's not bent out of shape, uh, pissed off, get me out of here. I'm having a terrible day. You know, just you know, pissed off. Uh, you know, playing hockey with it or you know, whacking it back and forth. He's not doing that. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it, it, but anyway, it's a lot. He's had 14 four putts in his career. Now, some of that is the fact that he is a very firm putter. And he puts short putts firm, and he's a great short putter. Has been his his whole career. One of the ways that he he is so great is that he's fearless and he he takes uh, the break out of play. In other words, rather than playing a putt outside the hole, if it's short distance, he'll hit it inside the hole and firm. You know, you could maybe you're four feet away, and and if I die this putt at the hole, I got to play it three inches out on the right side. And Tiger's like. You know, screw that. I'm going to put this thing, you know, inside, inside right, and I'm hitting it firm. Well, if it misses, you know, you got, you got issues. And, and maybe, maybe that's why he's had 14 four putts. But it's just it, it, to have one at San Diego and then one at Riviera, and he put a terrible Riviera. What was the statistic there? I mean, it was like, uh, he was like four uh, at Riviera, he was negative 8.0 something in strokes gained putting and 67th. Um, uh, among the players that made the cut. Okay, never negative eight point six seven. Kucher was positive nine point five. Uh, you know, I mean that's seventeen more than over more than seventeen seventeen almost seventeen and a half shots with a putter. Kucher beat him. Let's take a brief pause and hear from our sponsors. More than a movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. 
Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Michael Rappaport, and my wife, Kibi Rappaport, starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Next up, Suzanne Haney, Hank's wife, joined the podcast to help me with my dating game. Suzanne to the rescue. You can go back to Tuesday's podcast and hear the entire episode. All right, we got a special uh, segment here on the Hank Haney Podcast. Uh, those that have followed and uh, know Minnesota Tim. Now, Minnesota Tim is, uh, let, let me just bring you up to on Minnesota Tim. Minnesota Tim is a great guy. He is the producer of the Hank Haney Podcast. Now, he was my producer. Actually, he was assistant producer at SiriusXM. I lobbied for the Minnesota Tim to be the my main producer when my producer Davis Williams left. And uh, matter of fact, Minnesota Tim just got back from the Davis Williams wedding uh, this weekend. And Minnesota Tim is looking for a wife as well. So anyway, Minnesota Tim came with me to iHeart when we did the uh, uh, deal with iHeart Radio to do the podcast that everybody's listening to. And Minnesota Tim has moved back to his great state of Minnesota, which he loves being from Minnesota. Of course, I always tell people the best thing about uh, you know, Minnesota is a great place to be from. That's what I say. Uh, but Tim loves it there. He, te- he actually sent me a, a, a little message the other day. He said it was a beautiful day in Minnesota. It was minus 33 degrees uh, windshield factor. 
uh, perfect for ice fishing, uh, but not much else. Uh, and uh, anyway, so Minnesota Tim is 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 after a wife. Is that is that not accurate, Tim? That's very accurate. Yes. Okay, you would you 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 are in, in search of a wife. Uh, now, now descri- let's have a little description here. You're tw- you're you're uh, 28 years. How 28 years old? Yes. Okay, 28 years old. Uh, good-looking guy. Uh, you know, he's a marathon runner. A highly dedicated. Used to deliver Jimmy John's uh, as a side job when he was uh, assistant producer at SiriusXM. Now he's big time. I Heart Radio producer, producing uh, all our golf podcasts. Got a great job, a nice car. I got a beautiful apartment, lives in the closet. Uh, well, that's just kind of a joke. But anyway, he's, he's got a, a, a studio apartment, and he's he's uh, he's looking for a, a girl. So he's he's been in this search. He's had all these, uh, you know, dates lined up. Uh, went to South Dakota for a date, had a girl from Wisconsin. Um, that didn't work out. I don't even think that one ever happened, did it? No, no, that one didn't even happen. Yeah, that one didn't happen. That was a one. That was a fish yet online. But anyway, uh, you, you had this last one, this this date, this last uh, weekend when you got back from the wedding at, in Alabama, the Davis Williams wedding. Uh, what happened there? What what uh, this is the, the what happened on that one? What happened how, on that, that one? Come yeah, uh, it went. I thought it went great. Um, we met at the Mall of America. We got a coffee. Okay. We were going to do this flyover America thing. So I went with the Steve Johnson Sun strategy, the Grant one, as you call them. Um, yeah, the Grant one. Yeah. Well, and that and that's just to bring people back up to date. And the Grant one uh, is Steve Johnson, the great predictor's uh, son. He's in the military, and he's getting married here in a couple months. And his uh, future wife. Uh, he, he met on, uh, I think, a, maybe a dating site or something. And she said that she would really love dogs. And the Grant one uh, picked up on that. It was a great move on his part. And he took her to the uh, SPCA for a little uh, a dog petting uh, deal. And, uh, you know, saw the animals there and maybe take them a couple of treats and, you know, just kind of show his uh, soft side. Uh, and anyway, he's he's got the wife coming up pretty soon. So, so you took a you were trying to take a page out of his book, huh? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I was going to take her to this fly over America thing because she loves to travel. Mall of America. But what, what does that mean? Fly over America. What, what is that exactly? It's a Mall of America uh, entertainment thing where you sit in a chair and you virtually travel uh, through some of the most famous places in America. Oh, so this is like a Disneyland ride or something, like a video uh, deal. Does a does yeah. chair does a chair shake as you're going over the mountains, or uh, you know, like it does it? Uh, that yeah. thing, you know, yes, it does. your hair, the wind blowing, your hair flying all over the place. Uh, what 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 is this? Uh, give us a little more description of this thing. Yeah, it's a virtual ride where the chair okay. does shake, the yeah. chair does yeah. uh, turn. Um, but yeah. anyway. Yeah. We, what does it cost to go on this thing? Was this a is it an expensive ride or what? Eh, it's thirty five dollars. Ooh, for two people? Is that a, a couple deal? Yeah, it was for two. But not thirty five a piece. No, no, twenty okay. uh, seventeen dollars a piece if you buy online. So I bought them online, and okay, we good. and we good. show up to the Mall of America on Presidents there the the day before the President's Day. So a lot okay. of people are there on vacation. A lot of people touring it. A one yeah. hour wait to go on oh, this boy. Fly Over America thing. So we pass. Oh, wow. What did you think it was going to be, about a five-minute? Yeah, I thought right it would be 15, 20 minutes at most. Yeah. There's never a 15, 20-minute wait on a ride like that. 
I could just tell you that that's not going to happen. But anyway, uh, what happened? When did you, you got the ticket. You bought it. You waited in line. Uh, had the nice time co- conversation while you're waiting in line, and you got on the ride, and it was great. She loved it. Uh, what what happened? No, we got a coffee before. Uh, she okay. was like, "Hey, we should get a coffee since you're coming back from Mobile, Alabama, and you'll probably be tired." Yeah. So we got a coffee, and then um, we went to fly over America after we had a coffee for about an hour and fifteen minutes. You know, get have a coffee, do an event. You know, walk around a little bit, say your goodbyes. That was the plan in my head. Well, we had our coffee. We walked over to Flyover America. It was another hour wait, so then we passed on the Flyover America. We were going to go play some mini putt-putt, which was just down the way. That was another 45-minute wait, so we passed on that as well. So we just walked around the Mall of America for a little bit and then said our goodbyes. Okay. All right. So it didn't work out too good. But anyway, but you thought it went great. And You texted me last night and said it was a great date, best first date you ever had in your life. Uh, and you were uh, pretty sure that uh, well prior to this, uh, um, you 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 were very high on this 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 chick. Uh, you thought that you know really that uh, this this was sort of the one, pretty much. I mean, do you want me to read you a text you sent me? Sure. Just to refresh, just to refresh your memory. Yeah. Yeah. You said I'm gonna I'm gonna gonna try and uh, make not make any statements uh, too early uh, because that's ridiculous. But I'm pretty sure this girl's my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what are you laughing? That's what you said. Is there so, something wrong uh, with that? What's wrong with that? Well, I don't know. I mean, that's just what you said. So how did it work out? How's, so you got a second date? A thir- are you all lined up? What uh, is it? Got a chance still or what? what's the deal? No, she's done. I messaged oh, her done. earlier oh, Monday and I said, hey, it was a great time talking with you. Enjoyed conversating with you. I uh, hope you ha- conversating. Uh, is that a word even? Uh, I didn't even say conversating. I said enjoyed spending a little time with you. Um, enjoyed our first date. I said I didn't even say conversating. But anyway, I said enjoyed spending. I don't our first think that's date. a word. I'm not sure. I'm gonna have to check that out. See yeah. if that's a word. I, I didn't say conversating in the text message. I just said okay. enjoyed okay. our date. Uh, okay. Hope, hope you got all your food prep done for the week. Oh, she was prepping food. Yeah. You got okay, home. well, that's a nice little message you sent her. Okay, all right. And didn't when she what did she say? She goes, "Hey Tim, thanks for the tea. I am sorry, but I don't see anything going forward. Ooh. Appreciate getting Ooh. to know you." Okay, that's yeah. a goner. That's yeah. it. Kiss that one goodbye. All yeah, right, all right. here's here's the deal. I've I've been telling you that I, I you know I try to give you some advice, but I don't. You know what do I know? I mean, I'm 64 years old. Uh, my wife Suzanne is a, what I would consider to be an expert in this uh, category, which would be uh, dating and uh, understanding women and men. And, uh, you know, it's just, you know, guys that are trying to, you know, find a wife and girls that are trying to find a husband. So I'm bringing her on right now uh, to give you a little bit of advice. Now, she's tried to give you some advice through me. So I told you to get on a, a new app, but uh, Suzanne is is now on the scene, and she's gonna uh, give, give you know talk Tim through this a little bit. She's probably got a couple questions for you though first to get a little, just a better idea of what exactly it is you got going on right now. Okay, so here's Suzanne. Hey Tim. Hey Suzanne. So uh, didn't go so good, I hear. Yeah, it did not go very well. It was a uh, unfortunate circumstance again. <laughs> what do you what do you think it was? I mean, you felt a connection. Yeah, I did. I was thinking that um, I was th- I made the conversation mostly about her. Uh, one of the okay. issues. So that that was my focus going into the date. 
I was all about her asking her creative and unique questions. So she loves, for example, she loves uh, Sedona, Arizona, a place near where you guys are in yeah, Scottsdale. Yeah, Sedona too. It's very romantic. Nice yeah. to get away. Yep, she loves that place. So I was like, okay, Sedona, Arizona. I asked her how she discovered Sedona, Arizona, and why she loves going there. So I thought that was a unique question to get her to open up about things. Okay, so what happened? Well, she gave a great response. I, I, I thought I was on a roll. I thought I was in a rhythm. I thought I was <laughs> talking about her. I was getting her to ask. Uh, I was getting her to talk about herself and her journey and her experiences. And I thought that's what a date is all about. A guy trying to get a girl to open up about themselves. Now, I yes, totally. But with your track record, you're a good-looking guy. You're you've got a great job. You seem like you have a lot to offer. You're a good age to meet somebody. Are you coming off a little too desperate like you want to get married on the first date? Cuz <laughs> I've had a, I've had a lot of girlfriends that when they act a little too desperate, the guys run. I mean, there's nothing other than that wrong with them. I can't figure out why some of my friends never could get married. Yeah, what about that? That's a desperate theory. And, and I'm wondering because guys can smell desperate girls. Girls can smell desperate guys Ooh. a mile away. So I'm just wondering if you're like wearing the like desperation cologne or what, what's going on. Huh, interesting. That might be. An, uh, that might. Are be you asking her if she the... wants kids on the first date? <laughs> no, no, not at all. No, because <laughs> that will normally make a guy run head for yeah, the hills. I, I feel like my questions are not at all desperate. Uh, okay. De yeah, I don't feel they're desperate at all. I'm trying to ask her about her. So one of the other questions, face important to me, uh, she mentioned that she got baptized um, a couple of years ago and stuff. And I was asking her about, so how did you um, discover and create a foundation for her faith? I feel like that's a great conversation. I feel like that's yeah, a great question. Yeah, no, that's question. a nice question. That's a nice so question. So I felt, yeah, I, I didn't ask any desperate questions. Where's your favorite places to travel? Have you been outside the country before? You know, very basic. I'm not no, asking I, if you want to marry not, me. That doesn't seem like you need coaching there. Right. I mean, those are good questions. Okay, what about all these apps he's on? Yeah. Well, I told him to get on eHarmony, and, um, and um, one of my girlfriends just got engaged a couple days ago from um, this app, another app. Which I think I that? told you to go on it. Hinge, right? Hinge. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Are you on yeah, there? You're on Hinge, aren't you? Where, where'd, you, where'd, yeah. you, where'd you get this last one from? I have a, this last one was from Match.com, but my Match.com account expires in like four yeah, don't, days. Don't renew that. That's like the oldest one. I know, you know, they say all these success stories, but I feel like a lot of them have turned into like total hookup sites for sure. Let's take a brief pause and hear from our sponsors. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. 
Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of us. We're figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it would have been been juicy. It would have taken a a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Michael Rappaport, and my wife, Kibi Rappaport, starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. CBS has been catching heat all week long after displaying and producing poor content so far in 2020. Hank details and shares the brilliance of Peter Costas and Gary McCord in this clip. You can go back to Wednesday's podcast and hear the entire episode. We're back, Minnesota, Tim. You, you uh, scouted out a little uh, clip from Peter Costas. He was on uh, the, a podcast, No Laying Up. We're, we're going to get him on our podcast. Uh, I text with Peter once in a while. I, as a matter of fact, I I sent him a, a, a text to, uh, yesterday, and I was. it, it was about the the analysis that um, was done by Nick uh, Faldo, and it was yesterday when, or a day before, or whatever it was, the, the Sunday, sorry, of the uh, Genesis Open, Adam Scott one, and it analyzed Adam Scott's swing, and Peter Casas, you know, used to do all this, but now Faldo's doing it because Casas is gone. Him and McCord are gone. And, you know, like I said, I mean, this is a job, honestly, of a teacher to analyze a swing, not a player. I mean, they can tell you what they feel. They can tell you what they used to feel. They can tell you what their keys used to be. But all you're going to get out of a, a player in terms of analysis 
is something relative to what they used to think about. So when when Nick Faldo looks at Adam Scott's swing and he says, look at that stretch in the backswing. Well, what that tells you is, is, is one of the keys Nick Faldo used to d- feel in the backswing was a big stretch with his shoulders going back or whatever. And then he says to, about uh, Adam Scott, he says, now watch as he comes down. He's pulling, he's pulling, he's pulling, he's pulling. And I'm thinking to myself, what is he pulling? I mean, you're swinging a golf club. You're not pulling anything. But but obviously, this is something that Faldo kind of felt in his swing. Like he, when he got to the top, he felt like he was pulling the club down with his with his left arm or whatever he's pulling 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 he said and then he and then he goes and then he releases his arms all the way to the finish and i'm like i'm like what does that mean i mean but he's just telling you what he felt and he's telling you kind of maybe sort of what he sees but it doesn't relate to to anything i mean i like 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 no teacher would ever describe the swing like that. I mean, it, it, you know, the, the idea is when you're watching somebody on TV and you're listening to somebody analyze the swing, you'd like to have a takeaway. Okay, so what's your takeaway there? Stretch in the backswing and pull and pull and pull and pull and pull. I mean, you know, it's just, it doesn't mean anything. It's it's just a bunch of of nothing. I like I, I said I said it's just a bunch of words that mean nothing. But but it it just shows you that it's not easy to do what Peter Costas did. So so our listener uh, Jordan sent in this this analysis that uh, a, a teaching pro had done. Peter Costas was analyzing Ben Crane's swing, and Ben Crane had hit a ball to the right, and and you know the this teacher had you know did his analysis of what he heard Costa say and he says you can't you know you shouldn't pay attention to the ball at all and I'm I'm like really I mean that that's the only thing that matters I, I mean his all his whole premise was is that the difference between a, a straight shot and a and a ball that's 20 yards to the right you couldn't even tell the difference and that all day long, Ben Crane was making the exact same swing, and the, the difference was so minute, which is true. It is a very minute difference. It's, called, it's a degree or two off with the club face or the path of the swing. But that's why you do look at the golf ball, because the golf ball tells you what happened at impact. And, and the way I always do it is I look at the ball. Well, I, obviously, I watch the swing because it happens first. But it's kind of like I record the swing in my mind. And then I watch the ball, see where the ball's going, and then I replay this swing in my mind and think, okay, this is what happened at impact. That's why the ball went where it went. I mean, either, you know, the, the face was pointed in, in, in a certain direction to start the ball off in that direction, or the path was going in a certain direction relative to the face to make the ball curve in that direction. So I watch the ball, I replay the swing in my mind, knowing what happened at impact, and then I look for reasons why that could have occurred. And that's what, on this one particular swing, which was, you know, Ben Crane from last year, and he hit the ball a little bit to the right. And and I looked at his swing, and it, it looked like his club was pointed a little bit left at the top. So my analysis would be that, you know, either you didn't finish your turn or 
you know, your club was a little laid off at the top and maybe you needed to point the club a little more to the right just by tweaking your hands over there a little bit. But Peter Koss, is, is his analysis and was that he didn't finish his turn. And Peter's is so big and, and he'll always kind of relate to the tempo of the swing. That's just that's just where he goes. I mean, that's how he teaches. He, he it, it, The tempo of the swing uh, is so important to him. So what he said is, he said, well, you know, maybe he was a little too quick, meaning he he didn't finish his backswing. And as a result, the club didn't get all the way back and it didn't get pointed to the right. And he wasn't able to hit enough from the inside. And then what happened is, is his body got out ahead of the shot. And, you know, it, it, when his body got out ahead, then it left the club face open. And he said, you know, if he maybe could have taken his time a little more in the backswing and finished his backswing, it would have gotten him more around in the backswing and it would have allowed him to hit a little more from inside. I mean, it's it's a very plausible explanation for what could have happened in in, in the swing uh, or and and, ca- and what caused that that shot. So, I mean, it's not, not like I agree with everything that, you know, instructors say. When they analyze swings, it's not like I would say it exactly the same way. I mean, it's not like it's not like I would have necessarily said it exactly like Peter would have said it. Uh, but I can still look at and listen to his comments when he made them, and I can see that there's you know there's it's plausible. I mean, it's possible. I mean, it, yes. I mean, I can see I can see what he's. He's getting at now. He loves to talk about tempo, and I mean that's just, that's important to him when he when he teaches. But when I look and and I watch on uh, on the telecast, and somebody says, "Look at the stretch! Look at the stretch in the backswing!" Now watch. He's pulling. He's pulling. He's pulling, and then he releases his arms all the way to the finish. I mean, it's just a bunch of words. It doesn't mean anything. Nothing. Nothing doesn't mean anything. Uh, it, it's just like like if I said that, you know, to, to you know. To, to you, Tim, about your, your, you know, your swing, you're making a top golf or your date swing. She was making a top. I mean, it doesn't mean anything. Well, like if a, your takeaway from that is nothing. And that's the problem. I mean, you know, they, they're just trying to do it as easy as they can. I, I would assume that they maybe thought Davis Love was going to do this. And I don't know if he, you know, it, it was too much for him. It was, maybe it's too hard for him. It's not easy. I, I don't know why Mark Immelman doesn't do it. He's a teacher. Um, but you know, to you know, they've taken something I think that was a big part of their. I mean, it was at least a little part of their telecast, and it's something that Casas did very well. And and I know people think, well, you know, other pros think, well, it's not that it's not that hard. Well, <laughs> you you got very little time to come up with that analysis. You're looking at a monitor. A little bitty monitor. Maybe it's a four-inch monitor. When Peter Costas is looking down at that monitor, he might not even be able to see that swing. The glare might be so bad uh, that the the camera, you know, the the monitor might be out. And he and I guarantee you, if you, I promise you, because I've been there on this stuff. Uh, this has happened many times where where he was watching that swing and all of a sudden the, the thing just went blank or the producer said, OK, Peter, you're going to we're going to do an analysis. And, and he's looking at his screen and he can't see it because the glare is so bad or, be, or he can barely see it or or, or or something happened, because that's just what happens when you do live TV. Things happen. 
And that's when you find out, you know, what, what somebody, you know, can really do and how good they are at it. And it's just, it's just not something you just, that everybody can do. And then it's just, you know, pulling, 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 pulling. And then he releases his arm. I mean, what, what does that mean? I mean, that's like, you can say that about every swing you look at, if that's what you think it looks like. And, you know, Pulling, pulling, pulling. Look at him stretch. Pulling, pulling, pulling. And then he releases all the way through. I mean, it's like it's just a bunch of words that mean nothing. Anyway, that's a little rant by me. But, uh, I, 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 you know, I, I miss a little analysis, to be honest with you. I mean, I, there is none. <laughs> when they have somebody that hits a bad shot now on CBS, they have no earthly idea why that bad shot occurred. Well, they're not even showing them anymore. No, well, that's that's a good point. They don't even they're not even showing the bad shots because they you know they got what Harold Varner the third hit the fat three when they didn't even show it. Well, I mean they you know before it was when a guy hit a bad shot. It's like okay, what did he do? I mean, who are they going to have do it? They don't. They don't anybody knows what they're talking about. Last up, the great predictor joined Hank on Friday, and they discuss what will have to happen for the Premier Golf League to attract the best players of the game. You can go to Friday's podcast and hear the entire episode. Uh, they should have a lot more tournaments that are like the 72 holes, no cut. Uh, why do you want to wipe out the big names? Uh, that's why I like this new uh, Premier Golf League. You and I haven't talked about that, but uh, I, I'm a fan of the Premier Golf League. Some of the ideas in it. I mean, I don't, 48 players maybe isn't enough. Uh, maybe 72 is a better number. I don't know. Uh, but I like the team concept thing they got going. A lot of people like the team stuff. I also like the no cut. I think that's a a, a, a great deal. I mean, you know, player, players that get cut, I mean, you know, okay, let's say you're out there and you're Ricky Fowler and you're, you know, you're, you're a fan favorite and people are thinking, gosh, I really want to go to the Phoenix Open this week mm-hmm. and I'm going to go, I'm, but I can only go Saturday. And they they got to sit around like on Thursday and Friday hoping that Ricky Fowler makes the cut. Right, right. I mean, wh- wh- why is that a good thing for the sport? No, I mean, you know, it was a way to get more players involved, Hank. But like you said, we we already have too many players. We need we yeah. need more superstars. Too many. But uh, yeah, we do. You know, you mentioned the the Premier Golf League, and uh, big news came out this week that uh, one of my favorites. Uh, Rory McIlroy is says he's he's not interested. He's he doesn't like people. What he, is that? he doesn't that like people telling him what to do. He doesn't like the fact that you have to play in eighteen yeah, I saw events. That. I saw that. Now, yeah. let's break. Let's, that let's could break change. the fallacy. That could change. That could be a negotiate. That could be negotiated. Really? Okay. You know that. Oh. I mean, well, you know that. Yeah. Tiger's not going to play in eighteen events. You know, they, they, everything's negotiable. Yeah. Okay, so he could be just negotiating right there. Um, you know, when you, you know, you get a, a, a job offer from a company that really wants you and you say no at first, what, what happens next? They come with more money. They come with more money. Yeah, they come with more money. Exactly. So th- these guys are trying to get this thing off the ground. Uh, they need, they need these top players. Why would they all say yes right now? And they just Saudi money. They just p- pump a little more oil. And, uh, you know, you got to, it's like printing money over there and you just pump a little more and you give them a little more money. And all of a sudden the guy says, yes, guys that say no can say yes in a hurry. If the number gets high enough. I hear what you're saying, Hank, but let's take him on his word. He says he doesn't want people telling him what to do. 
It's negotiable. You tell, so you go in and you say, I, I, you know, there's going to be uh, 18 events, but each player has to play 15 or something like that, 14, 12, whatever. You know, there's going to be a rule for Tiger. He's not going to play 18 yeah. events. But when he signs with Nike, do you think he can do whatever he wants to do or do he, does he have to do what they ask him to do? No, they don't. They don't. They don't talk about. It. He just has to play a certain amount of events. Okay. So it might maybe the number's twenty events, or you know, the, 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 those eighteen don't count the majors. So it's it's twenty two, and then you got a Ryder Cup in there, or a Presidents Cup if you're you know a United States player, and then you got a couple, uh, uh, you know, exhibitions or you know, play here and you get a million dollar kind of deal. I this I don't know what the what his contract specifically says, but a lot of the contracts are like okay, you need to play in twenty tournaments or something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Well, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't. It, he's not, you know, tied into playing in you know thirty six tour events. Right. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Tiger obviously his contracts say twelve events because that's why he played in last year. Well, that takes him out if if he does sign up for the Premier Golf League. I'm talking about Rory McIlroy. That yeah. means he's not playing on the PGA Tour, nor will he play on the European Tour. That well, correct? that's what they yeah. say now, but of course that's their point. What else are they going to say? They're going to say, hey, uh, these guys are going to disrupt our party, and they're they're going to you know throw a wrench, a big wrench into the PGA Tour and the European Tour. So guys, just have a good, uh, have a nice payday. Uh, good luck over there at the Premier Golf League, and whenever you want to come back, uh, you'll be welcome back for how many ever weeks you want to play. And uh, we can't wait to have you back. Now that's not what they're going to say. Yeah. So they're going to say they're going to say you know they're the bullies. Everybody knows that the PGA Tour is the bully on the block. So they're going to say you, you're uh, you go play that either play here or you play there. And if you go there, see you later. You're never coming back. Of course they're going to say that. Right. They're bullies. Yeah. If that's what a bully would say, but that doesn't mean that's where it's going to end. If everybody walks out the door, you think that's still going to be their stance? No. No. I mean, be a pretty just, stupid yeah. stance if that was a stance. Right. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Well, you know, here's what we have to look forward to. We do have the WGC going on this week, and let's say that were the yeah, Premier Golf pick? League. Let's say that that were the Premier Golf League. Yeah. We have a choice yeah. now. We've got another tournament we could watch: the Puerto Rican tournament, which we've got Josh Teeter. <laughs> what is and, that? Uh, is that a, a opposite field? Yeah, it's event? an opposite field event. Jay McLuhan yeah. is in there. You know, you he's one of your favorites. Chris Couch, MJ Dafu, he's in there. Never heard yeah, of him. Uh, Never heard of him. Uh, ooh, one of your favorites, Kiradek Afi Barnrod. He's in there. He's playing. He's the guy they call the smokestack. Yeah, or he's the, or the uh, yo. He's he. He's, is he the vapor guy? Oh, he vapes. Yeah, he's a vapor. <laughs> he looks well, like he looks him. like a if steam I, boy, engine if man. A, if you were a fan of the game and you, you had a chance to see the the smokestacker coming down the street or the fairway, you wouldn't you wouldn't want to miss that. That's the eighteen wheeler right there. Eighteen <laughs> wheels. And uh, he's in low gear all the time. So here's my point. How much much, much money is that guy making a year? You know what? He plays all over the world. A bunch. He's making a bunch. Does he really? Oh, I guarantee you. That guy's making millions, Steve. Wow. Millions. I mean, prize money. Look it up. What did he make last year? I guarantee you that guy made something. Off Bonrod? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to look it up. Tim, Tim, look it up. Figure that out. I don't follow him real close, but I mean, he—he—you don't think he's not making money? What's he ranked in the world? He's always—he's—he's he's part of the top eighty. I'll tell you that he's so far this year. He hadn't—he's made two hundred seventy-three last year. Hundred and thirty-second in the world. 
Okay, 132nd. How much did he make last year? 1.6 on the PGA Tour in 20 events. So 1.6 million. You don't think yeah. that's a lot? That's a good. That's a good. <laughs> that's a good. You think a guy like that should make that much money? What about what about Rory? What about Tiger? What about the, you know, Tiger's like the, you know, he sells all these tickets. Yeah. I don't I think he gets screwed. That's my that's my point. I've I've said this for days, but anyway. I, I that's why I think this thing's got a chance, but maybe not. Maybe not. You know, you know, Rory Rory probably put a little dent in their deal, but all that means is they just got to come with more money. He gave himself an out. He said he he gave himself an out. He says if everybody else bails, I'm going to have no choice. Right, right. So, so he's blaming it on out. everybody else, huh? There you go. Yeah. There you go. See, nothing I could do. I didn't want to go, but everybody right. else went, so I got to go now. So I take I take when he says if everybody else goes, I go. I take that as a yes. What do you think of that posture? Would that be your posture, or would you? Just... No, but I mean that's a yes, isn't it? What? Well, which is, it's not a no. That's a yes. It's a non-committal. It's it's a. That's a yes. It's, Everybody it's else goes, I'll go. That's a yes. Wow. Yeah, I'll give me yes on that. Okay. What would my posture be? Yeah. If I was a top player, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a long way from a top player. If well, I was I mean, a top let's player, just, I mean, we've got great imaginations. If you I was tell a top us what player, you do. Well, I would be. I I would say. I mean, I'm, I, I'm going. And, and now, I not only be, are you now, going now, now if you were the top player, uh, would you be the first guy to say you're going? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to be the first guy because I know the way they bully. And if I come out as the first guy that says I'm going, and then all of a sudden the thing doesn't go, I'm going to get hammered, and they're going to hold it against me for the rest of my life because they're bullies. Did they hold it against Greg Norman? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you don't yeah, think they did? Oh, no, no. I, I think, I think that's right. I think that proves yeah, your they're going to hold it against you. So of course the guy's not going to say he's, he's not. Of course he's not going to be the first one. You wouldn't. You'd be crazy to be the first one to stand up and say I'm going unless you're Phil Mickelson because he doesn't care. Right. Okay. So in the you know, locker Phil doesn't room, care. plus he's at the end of his plus he's at the end of his line anyways. What's he? You know, it's, he's he's made the Hall of Fame. He's already got. What he's going to get? I mean, uh, you know, he he still wants to be Ryder Cup captain, which he'll get anyways. And uh, you know, so what if he says I'm going, and they say, "Oh, well, you're, we're never going to make your Presidents Cup captain." Well, who cares? It's just yeah. things a joke, anyways. So you're in the locker room. You're the number one player in the world. You're Hank Haney, number one player in the world. Are you recruiting other players for this tour? Are you a recruiter? No, I'm Are you selling? T- I'm, I'm I'm saying, guys, we got to consider this. I mean, I, I you know I, I'm. Uh, I mean, if if you guys are in, I'm in. That's what I, you know, that would be the position. You mm-hmm. guys are in, I'm in. Yes. Now, I, you know, and then they hear that and then they say, man, he's in. I mean, I'm in too. Mm-hmm. That's what I'd be doing. Yeah, right. but I wouldn't be coming, I wouldn't be standing in front of the media saying I'm in and then getting ripped yeah. and let the, the, let the, you know, PJ Tour bully me because I, I was a guy that, you know, like they did Greg Norman, they did him a, a wrong, you know that. Yeah, yeah that that was that was not a fair, that was not fair play. No. There. Now, what about the real number one player in the world, Brooks Kepka? You think what's he going to do? <laughs> he doesn't care if he plays anyways. He'd be he'd love to have only eighteen tournaments or fifteen tournaments or whatever it ends up being. Ten tournaments. I don't. He doesn't want to play ten, ten tournaments. A major would suit him just fine. He'd probably say his big stipulation is we've got to play in under four hours, guys. I'm in if we're playing in under four. Why wouldn't you want to play three rounds instead of four? Yeah, I know. And no cuts, and you're getting paid, and you're getting paid something anyway. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would. I, I think it, it's it's for the better players. Now, the Puerto Rico guys that are playing over there this week, they're not, they're not going to like it. No. But anyway. No. 
That's that's my. Uh, I, I I think it's you know it's still got a chance. I don't know. A lot of people are think it doesn't have a chance. Uh, some people say it's going to happen. I don't know. Hmm. But I think it would be good myself. And you ask me, what do I think? I think it'll be good. Thanks for tuning in to the Sunday Sizzle hosted by me, Minnesota Tim Parachka, bringing you a presentation of the best clips from the previous week on the Hank Haney podcast. Call the show 833-426-5763 extension 801. Email the show HankHaneyGolfAtOutlook.com and tweet and follow the show at Hank Haney on Twitter. Thanks for making the Hank Haney podcast a part of your day. Hank will be back tomorrow to break down the WGC Mexico Championship. Thanks for tuning into the Hank Haney Podcast. Listen, follow, rate, and share on iTunes, on the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can make your thoughts and questions heard by emailing the show at hankhaneygoff at outlook.com. And you can also tweet me directly by sending your tweets to at Hank Haney on Twitter. Caney Podcast is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.